0: Benvenuti a Business Talks di Idea, un podcast pensato per gli sviluppatori italiani di videogiochi. L'appuntamento di oggi è The Digital Entertainment Industry in Canada. Hey, so, I think we can start now? Um, hello everyone. I'm Elisa Di Lorenzo from Antol Games and I will be the moderator of this business talk today. Uh, The business talk is created by IDEA, the Italian Developers Association, in collaboration with the Canadian Embassy, which uh, we would like to thank for uh, this opportunity. Uh, The focus of the business talk is going to be uh, Canada and uh, the Canadian ecosystem, especially uh, regarding the ecosystem that has to do with video games, obviously. So we have two guests today that uh, will tell us more about uh, this ecosystem, how it's grown, how it keeps growing, uh, how it works and about their own experiences with it. Um, so please uh, welcome here uh, Nilu Burun from uh, the Consider Canada City Alliance and Michael Schmalz, uh, President of Digital Extremes.
1: Hello, thank you. Hi
0: everyone. Okay, so uh, thank you guys for joining us, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you here and uh, hopefully you will be able to give us some interesting insights about uh, uh, the Canadian gaming industry, and uh, hopefully, a lot of useful information for us uh, to, to you know, know more about the industry and possibly mm, discover new opportunities together. So, I would like to start uh, with uh, Mike, if he wants to tell us a bit uh, about uh, himself and uh, Digital Extremes.
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so Digital Extremes is a, a video game developer um, for PC and, and consoles. Uh, in Canada, we're probably one of the uh, the oldest video game developers having been incorporated in 1993. And at that time, uh, my brother who founded the company was making uh, shareware games. And very early on in the uh, mid-1990s, uh, 1990s. We um, happened to partner up with uh, a company uh, called Epic Mega Games in uh, in North Carolina, and uh, we began working on uh, our very first um, big game franchise, which ended up uh, being uh, Unreal, which launched in 1998, and uh, that's kind of brought us to the forefront of the industry. And we collaborated with uh, Epic Games. For um, about ten years, during that time, and did a, a number of titles in the uh, Unreal um, franchise, and uh, through the, the 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 launch of the consoles, um, uh, the Xbox console, and then the PlayStation Two, and then uh, uh, through that uh, after that time, we we broke off that partnership. They went off to do uh, Gears of War and we went off to do some of our our own games. And we did games such as uh, Darkness 2 and and Dark Sector, multi-platform games for uh, consoles and PC. And uh, then uh, I think uh, our our big break came about uh, eight years ago when uh, we were able to uh, launch our our very first free-to-play game um, on consoles and npc called uh, warframe and uh, we've been working on that game ever since and uh, it's been doing extremely well for us having over 50 million uh, players uh, worldwide and uh, uh, we continue to to grow our company around uh, around that one game
0: wow thank you so much thank you so much Mm -hmm. for the overall introduction and uh, in general i think it's quite interesting to have your Um, your contribution here today uh, also because I mean you're quite a veteran in our industry I mean so and you've seen a lot of things so we've seen a lot of things changing in the industry and uh, I I wanted to ask you if you could tell us maybe how you've seen things changing but from your point of view in Canada so uh, obviously you've seen a lot of the the measures that have been put in place to support the the industry uh, in, in Canada. So, um, can you tell us a bit how this affected you, basically, your, your journey uh, and digital extremes journey?
1: Yes, for us there there have been so many different changes. So it's it's difficult to kind of isolate one or two and and talk about them. But I'm I'm going to try. Um, one thing I, I think that's certainly worth mentioning is um, we've been working on on consoles now for. Um, approximately 20 years, Uh, mostly PlayStation, Xbox, and most recently Nintendo consoles. So every time they launch a new console, that uh, creates a lot of excitement, Uncertainty and and risk for for all of the, the the entire ecosystem. So it's it's both an exciting time and it's a time that makes us a, a, a little nervous. So we've seen uh, several of those transitions these last few years. But I would say the biggest thing kind of came around for us. Uh, about eight years ago, and this was just as um, Sony and, and Microsoft were getting ready to launch their PlayStation 4 and uh, and their Xbox One, and um, at, at that time, just with the online commerce and the internet growing the way it was, and gaming communities, i I think growing and demanding more participation from indie game developers we really saw things open up and and steam for example as a pc platform was already doing this a little bit but i think they started uh also to, to take this on was to engage the um independent game developers in a much more uh direct way and to give them access to um to to the player bases. so between you know steam and and the playstation ne- network and and now for example there's the the epic store they they can Put your game in front of tens of millions of, of 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 players, and that's something that prior to about 2000 and um, I'm going to say 2010 2012 that didn't exist anymore. You had to make a deal with a publisher to get your game on those platforms, and uh, and it was it was heavily curated, and you had to know a lot of people, you had to be extremely tech savvy as well. I would say that the tech is is also something that's become uh, very democratizing in the video game industry is that the tech now is 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 available that in your own gaming companies there's there's so many things so many uh, so much functionality within the game engines that you can license that you don't have to be a tech expert or be a programming expert or even have that in your uh, video game company to be able to make great games. I mean, if you want to make great, technologically innovative games, that's great. But that was required before. Now you 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 have some absolutely fantastic technological tools that are available for for licensing that give a, a number of different. Um, a number of different options. So I think it's a very exciting time for game developers. And I see that change as, as as really starting about eight or nine years ago and really coming into force now for the benefit of independent game developers.
0: Thank you. Um, so I'll go then to Nilu. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I was hoping if you could give us an overview instead of uh, what you do and what uh, Uh, CCCA does.
2: Hello, my name is Nilu Baroon and I am the Executive Director of the Consider Canada City Alliance. Um, Thank you very much for having me uh, on your talk today. I very much look forward to the discussion. Um, Speaking a bit more, uh, letting you know about the Consider Canada City Alliance, our membership and our services along with a bit of an overview of um, the digital media and gaming sector across Canada and the various hubs um, that we have here. So a little bit about uh, the Consider Canada City Alliance. We are a, a network of investment promotion agencies in Canada from coast to coast working closely with national and international networks of partners to make Canada the preferred location for foreign investment. So uh, that means we work very closely, of course, with our federal government partners, um, such as the, the staff and the Trade Commissioner Service uh, that are on the line today from the embassy there in Italy and our other embassies and consulates around the globe. And uh, here in Canada domestically, we work very closely with our agency Investing Canada that is responsible for promoting marketing Canada internationally as the premier destination for investment. So the CCCA, as I mentioned, unites 12 of Canada's largest economic development agency uh, agencies. Um, our members stretch from the Atlantic coast in the east to the Pacific coast in the west. And they include um, Halifax, Quebec City, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Waterloo, Hamilton, London, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Um, Collectively, these 12 cities uh, represent upwards of 85% of all new net GDP growth in Canada. So, um, really, these are the business centers and capitals um, of uh, of the country. It's where business happens, and it's also, um, some of them are, are quite strong. Um, and finally, a little bit about the services of our, of our membership. Um, they are really, think of them as a concierge service. Uh, they provide white glove service to foreign investors uh, companies that are looking to broaden their services, relocate or expand their company in Canada. Um, our members at the CCCA are the local municipal uh, agencies that are there to help you
0: Um, okay, so, I mean, um, from my point of view, it's extremely interesting the type of uh, work that you've been doing. I mean, I think that in Italy, we, at least most of the developers, know that uh, the Canadian environment is, uh, I don't know if I can say lively, if it's the right word to say, but, you know, it's, uh, it's extremely interesting. And it's also interesting that it's um, sort of maybe blue. At some point, because there's been a lot of um, specific, uh, I mean, targeting, you know, events and seizures uh, that have targeted the the industry in a way that allowed it uh, to to grow and be stable and so on. And when you tell us about uh, your hubs, I think that's also extremely interesting because, uh, as as I understand, you basically foster communication between different realities that can. Grow together and work together, and I think it's uh, also a bit challenging, considering that uh, um, I mean Canada is a big country with uh, not that much population. If we think about it, I mean it's quite a. I think it, it can be quite challenging also because you also have very different hubs and very different cities and and smaller towns. So yeah, I mean, uh, can you share with us a bit more how how the hubs? actually work from your point of view and how they they make so they they, they make all the connections work with and how they collaborate between themselves.
2: Um, good question. I mean, yes, you're right. Canada uh, has a very large landmass with a small population. Uh, but if you, you know, if if you take the map of Canada and look where our population is dispersed, it's essentially along our border with the United States of course the us is one of our most important trading partners you know canada enjoys free trade agreements with with 14 that uh, we have 14 different free trade agreements that give us unprecedented access to about 51 countries so canada's always you know recognized that it's Its landmass plus its small population means that you know for us to be able to be successful domestically and in the world economy, it's really it's all about collaboration and partnerships. But as it relates to the gaming industry, you did mention we have a few hubs that I that I mentioned at the top. Um, But you know, not a lot of people know that Canada is you know the world's largest producers of video games per capita, and you know we have the third largest gaming industry in the world. And there are, because of the size of the country, respective to Italy, of course, uh, it's much larger. Typically, there's tech centers that have that have started to grow across Canada. And there's this misconception, you know, that talent and the tech sector in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley is, is the highest in the world. But, you know, as the numbers do the talking and actually Toronto uh has a little over three thousand more uh tech talent in this particular field and area than the bay area so we we have um you know each provincial body has 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 created certain incentives and created the environment for for sectors and businesses to grow and foster um, there's lots of great tax incentives and credits that the federal government provides, but also individual provincial bodies provide uh, those types of incentives to help grow the specific sector. So, you know, in in Montreal, that's been a significant focus by the Quebec government uh, and by their, you know, uh, fostering of the specific sector through their investments in their universities to create that talent pool, their investments in um, attracting companies to come and set up in that area due to the, you know, lucrative tax credits they provide. Um, Today, actually, Amazon Gaming uh, announced that they will be setting up a a development studio in Montreal. Um, But, you know, other larger, well-known gaming companies such as Ubisoft is a good example. I'm sure everybody knows is in Montreal, but also in Winnipeg. Um, and you know some quick facts about Winnipeg. You know, forty-one percent of Manitoba's production companies are owned by women, which is really, really something I wanted to touch on. But they've created that 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 environment by by providing the supports that companies need in order to grow their business. So. Ubisoft is a great example uh, of a company that started off their Canadian operations in Montreal and has so far expanded into other cities such as Toronto and also Winnipeg across the country. So I, I hope that answered your question. But, you know, we are we are quite unique in individual cities and provinces and, and everyone, each city has its own value propositions that they that they provide to different different companies in different sectors
0: well, that's uh that's quite interesting and a lot of uh of thought uh in a way. also uh i think it's it's i mean very interesting to hear that there's this sort of commitment for uh, investing in its industry and uh, facilitating this industry on every level basically so like uh uh local level and on a broader uh, on a broader sense so and back to mike i wanted to ask you um because i mean we've talked a bit before we started this talk and um i I wanted to ask you if you could share with us a bit uh, more about how basically the canadian ecosystem and the the things that are in place that can help uh, a Canadian company have actually helped you, uh, and I mean how the impact they have
1: had. Yeah, Be- sure. Yeah, um, I think that um, it, it we were we were lucky that we were born in in Ontario and in, in Canada, and and started a, a business at, at the at the time that we did. So, uh, like I said, uh, Digital Extreme started up in the early 1990s and, and I can say that categorically there was virtually no video game industry uh, in, in Canada at that time when we first started to, uh, to do this work. People would look at us and say, is, is that even real? Is that even a job? It, it's something that I think is quite difficult to imagine now, because everyone takes that for granted, that you can earn a, a good living in the video game industry and make a lot of and do well and make money and be creative and, and be very successful. But that's something that's relatively new, I would say, even here in uh, in the last 10 years. So um, we were fighting for, I would say, at least a, a third uh, of our, our 27 years just to be recognized uh, uh, as an industry. And when I say be recognized, I would say that that's within the the context of of the tech industry or even just general business. Having said that, um, um, Canada has, and, and, and in particular Ontario, where I reside, um, recognized very early on that that this was a a, a, an industry that they wanted to foster so they started to uh, set up some tax credits uh, for us and they actually engaged uh, many of the the companies and many of our peers uh, to collaborate with them to understand what our business model early business models were how they were changing and how those tax credits uh, could be applied to best um um, to you know to best support the the growth and, and development of our industry so um, through the years um, those tax credits have helped us tremendously because uh, at the end of the day it is um, a hit driven industry and uh, if you have a hit then generally things are pretty good uh, and if you don't have a hit then you're looking for one and uh, and things can be can be very lean and uh, obviously when you're um, you're Creative labor, your staff, is uh, the most important um, part of um, uh, of your company. You don't want to be laying them off and hiring them back and, and treating them poorly. Uh, so because they want to make video games, so I think having the support of the Canadian government uh, uh, throughout these these past um, three decades has really helped us kind of grow our business and to weather the, uh, some of the dry spells that inevitably uh, video game developers uh, are, are going to encounter. Thank
0: you. Uh, I would just like to point out something which is going to be quite sad because here in Italy <laughs> they still ask you if it's a real job. So. <laughs> So, you know, so uh, when I say that we're sort of free teen industry, it's also because I think there's a sort of still a cultural issue where, from certain parts of society, is still seen as not, uh, you know, it's a game. Also, making games is they, they, they have this conception that making games is not uh, not something real but probably because they they haven't seen the growth of the industry of how it actually works and so on so We'll get there you
1: know yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say you'll you'll get there i i it's funny that you mentioned that 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 almost still surprises me because it's such a global industry right now but uh i can certainly remember when i used to get those questions in these last few years you know no one talks to me about like is that is is that real can you do that um should my son be interested in making video games, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think as, as as people grow up and new generations come into it, it's it's going to be uh, increasingly real for you.
0: Yeah, well, of course, from, from one point of view, we could also say, like, people grow up, so, and they've played games, so, and people that have played games now, uh, you know, are are here and recognize games for, for what they are and uh, in general i think that we also have i mean we have positive things that are happening and uh, recognition from the government slowly like i mean we have a tax credit which is sort of maybe starting at some point hopefully um and we now have um uh, uh, an investment fund basically Um, uh, it's called first playable fund and uh, it starts this year and it's going to to fund the prototypes so it's uh i mean something's moving so it's quite interesting to see these things things finally uh happen here because it can support the industry and um, and hopefully more things will come uh later um Another thing that I think could be interesting to understand is, I mean, obviously, Canada uh, is attractive for uh, for anyone who wants to set up a business there in this industry. And it's attractive also for people that want to work in this industry. So um, I was wondering um, basically how attracting talent works for you and uh, uh, if you attract a lot of talent also from, from abroad, basically. I guess that being so close to the U.S. helps attracting talent from the U.S. as well.
1: Yes, uh, I think that um, anybody who's who's growing a video game company um, the issue of attracting great talent has to be uh, a top of mind and a, a, a significant priority. Uh, I would say that at the entry level, we are really very well served through our, our college and university systems that are providing um, top tier graduates that are interested in all of the, the, the specialties that we would need to to make video games. Whether the colleges are providing digital artists or digital animators and the universities uh, are providing um, uh, programmers, for example, that, that we have a, a very good supply. And in fact, the, the I think the challenge for Canada is to, to, to keep them in Canada as opposed to possibly pursuing other op- opportunities that are outside of Canada. So um, our, our university and college system uh, does, does a great job. Um, but um, I think, you know, the challenge for us is finding people with 5, 10 or 15 years of experience and, and people who have uh, moved into management positions in their specialties. Um, ever since I've been in the video game industry, it's it's been growing. And in many years, it's been growing at, at double digit uh, paces, which means that the amount of people who were in the industry 10 years ago is is like perhaps half of what it is now. So there's just not that many veterans out there who can uh, move in to, uh, you know, to, to senior and management positions. So that's a challenge for us. And when I speak to other game developers, it's, it's, it's also a challenge. So kind of getting out there, networking, and working within those hubs in the ecosystems to be able to find the right labor is, uh, is, is um, important uh, at all levels.
0: Uh, you know what's uh, a bit strange from my point of view? Because uh, this morning I, I took part in, uh, in, a, in in a talk that was basically about the first Playable Fund together with another Italian developer. And one of the things that we pointed out is that in... Uh, I mean, since I, I, I used to say that our industry is not mature enough, you know, that we're sort of preteens and so on growing. And one of the challenges we have is exactly Having people in, uh, skilled people in management positions, you know? Um, and so that would be really a thing that could, that would help the industry here grow. I mean, you need to have people that have more experience to carry on certain things. And, uh, but I guess it's, uh, I I'd never thought that it's not so easy to find a type of talent also in a reality like yours because i actually didn't think about that
1: it 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 certainly is and um um it i don't know that's that's my own personal experience i've spoken to um game developers who are you know in florida or georgia or even the los angeles area some of the american hubs and um just speaking to them about um if they were to sign a big contract, could they staff up with 50 or 80 people to, to take on uh, a new game project very quickly? and and they tell me yes and i've seen it happen but me for example uh, if if i had an opportunity and i needed 80 people in to hire inside of you know two months or so i'm i could i don't think i could find those people absolutely not and i maybe we're just a little selective but i, I think that uh, you know having that ecosystem and and knowing who the good people are and and uh, is 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 something that's still even developing in uh, in Canada where we are, and it probably really only exists in I would say the most mature ecosystems, such as perhaps L.A. or Florida.
0: I mean, it's um, do you have the perception that uh, people leave our industry or not?
1: They do. Mm-hmm. That's the, it- that's a thing too. Yeah.
0: But do you think it's because? Uh, why do you think this happens? Because it's stressful? Because they uh, they get paid more in other things? Yes, or both. Uh,
1: I think it's stressful, and I do think that now, especially with the, the rise of tech jobs in, in other companies such as you know Amazon or, or Google, uh, that that need large amounts of, of technical help uh, for example, that there are some increasingly, uh, attractive, um, alternatives, but I, I would say, speaking quite frankly, uh, having seen this the last, um, 30 years, or in my case, maybe 20, um, that the video game industry has done a, a relatively poor job in nurturing its labor force. And, um, there are people who may have spent five years. Uh, in certain game companies and, and were very, very talented people, but because of uh, the, the employment conditions that they would have had it constantly in crunch, uh, working extra hours and just the, the demands that were being placed on them, is that they would have left those positions and that the industry to work in a a more stable or more normal company and then be able to start a family and pursue those other life um, goals that may not have been possible. Now, I will say that as an industry and certainly us as a company, you know, uh, we've come a long way and we prioritize and we personally prioritize that to make sure that everyone um, who we work with um, is working in a, a sustainable way that's meeting both their professional goals as well as their 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 personal goals and that you can't um, trade off that life balance but I think in the past we the industry in general has not always paid attention to that and as a result lost some of its workforce
0: yeah uh um, i understand and i agree i mean we 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 see a lot especially with the big studios of things that get reported and things that have happened and seriously and obviously i don't know maybe because we uh, we sort of tell ourselves that we're doing something that we love you know you you keep pushing because you love what you do but then you, you can't reach your breaking point to do something you love so it's a uh, um, and uh, I was wondering, Nilu, if you had any an insight on the matter, on in general how you think that uh, um, and if the ecosystem, from your point of view, is working on on these things uh, from from a more varied perspective, maybe like. Um, um, i'm trying to 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 make myself clear i know it's starting weird um i mean um obviously you're, you're as not a developer but working with many realities that are connected to development so your point of view on on these matters like finding talent and the, the fact that obviously you work a lot with i mean you have an ecosystem that works a lot with uh, the universities, schools, and so on. But then uh, the risk of having talent that leaves this industry because uh, uh, either this industry is not doing enough to keep its talent because it sort of burns them out. So is it seen as a, as something that worries uh, in People that are investing in it as well. Yeah, I think
2: um, you know the uh, more on the ground expert advice uh, that Mike just mentioned is is um, on the on your specific sector. Probably Mike has the had the answers for you, but in a general uh, conversation around talent, you know that is the number one thing for most companies, right? Around the around the world um people more and more now are going and investing and setting up where the where the talent is so from a broader canadian perspective uh from a government perspective um the government here has continued to put in progressive policies to ensure that you are fostering and creating the environment where people not only want to work but want to live as well so I think that's a really important factor when deciding uh, from, you know, my perspective when we're speaking to companies that are exploring, expanding or relocating their companies to uh, other parts of the world is, you know, we we enjoy some of the best quality of life in Canada and some of our cities. They rank continuously in the top 10, Um, but, you know, some of the ease of doing business is also really important. Um, it takes, shockingly, only a day and a half and on average for you to set up your company in Canada, which, yeah, it's it's a very quick uh, process. Um, I know in other parts of the world, probably in Italy, it takes a bit longer to set up a business. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, on the talent side, I think the government recognized Um, that there is in specific areas, shortage of talent or or brain drain that we unfortunately sometimes suffer to larger tech centers, not only not only in the U.S., but you will find in Canada, you know, certain areas are 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 losing their talent to the tech hubs within the country as well. So the Canada has a really progressive immigration uh, streams. One that's probably uh, most helpful for folks on the call today is the global skill strategy. Um, And, you know, this is a two week processing for highly skilled talent. So companies that are looking for the specific types of talent um, can get their immigration fast-tracked to get their employees from other parts of the world into Canada. And actually, you know, um, I, before this call, I kind of looked up and, and they've listed the top five occupations um, that were approved through this stream and interactive media programming and developers is at the top of the list. So that kind of gives you an, a, a picture of where the there's a talent shortage, but the government has created uh, specific immigration policies and, and programs in order for companies to meet that need. Um, And like Mike mentioned, of course, our our universities and colleges, um, you know, that's a really, really important part of building that domestic talent here. Uh, We have a number of programs across the country. I think about a little under 60 gaming developer courses across the country in various different institutions. Um, So all of that has kind of fostered, uh, you know, the the talent. And and like I mentioned, I, I don't think it's unique to Canada. Uh, this problem like like you both talked about in Italy you suffer from it and in Canada you do as well so um, from a broader Canadian perspective there's always um, progressive policies that are being put in place to for companies to do business easier quicker faster streamline it you know uh, as much as they can so it's um, yeah it it is uh, like I mentioned at the top it's quite easy if you want to come and set up your business you can even do it online you don't need uh, you don't need a, a expensive lawyers or accountants to do that for you. Uh, it's it's quite simple.
0: I mean, it's it's really interesting the fact that I mean, just this commitment. Um, also, uh, as you said, basically being able to to point out that there is a shortage here, so and and favoring. The entrance of new talent from abroad to to help the companies grow because they need that talent. So uh, it's um, it's obviously a super good thing because it shows that the government is listening, basically to, to the needs that you have, and constantly on very different levels. So uh, it's uh, it's really cool the way it works, definitely. Um, uh, there was a, a question from Antonio Caggiano uh, which he asked a bit, uh, like, uh, ago because he's, uh, it was related to the, um, the fact that I, I said that here we still have people uh, that, that think this is not a serious job, basically. Um, and so he said, I think a related question would be how would you approach this kind of situation where game development is not taken seriously? And I guess that the question is for Mike.
1: Um, yeah, I, I can tell you how we did it for many years. So we tell them that it is. Um, usually, the people who would ask that question would not know very much about the game development industry. They don't know uh, how much that um, um, you know how much money it makes. Uh, that it is a, 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 a thing where you know where where lots of people have great paying jobs with with great salaries so um you can bring any of those metrics uh to bear one of the ones that that has been used quite a bit is that i think as of about five or six years ago the the big quote is that the video game industry makes more money than the um the movie industry the motion picture industry in terms of its box office sales and that everyone seems to understand how big the movie industry is globally and then when they understand that video games is is even bigger then they start to kind of uh, things start to to, to connect so um, yeah it, it's 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 I, I would say it's almost humorous and, and frustrating but me um, from someone who who runs a company you know I want um, you know my staff to be able to go out into the community and and people to understand the extremely talented professionals that they are. Just like doctors or lawyers have that esteem in their community, those who are who are successful as video game developers, I believe, also deserve that. And that's something that that I continue to um, advocate for. And it's it's one of the reasons why I'm uh, I, I would do a talk like this to to, to tell about. Um, you know, the, the, the opportunities and the, the tremendous amount of expertise for those people who are successful in our industry.
0: That, but maybe I'm mistaken, but I think that we reached the point where the gaming industry um, makes basically what the movie industry and the music industry make combined. So it's even bigger.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that number has, has grown. Um, I, I think con- considerably and uh, and it's probably not even um, up to date to, to, to mention that anymore because you know certainly with the way uh, Asia has come on board and the revenue in um, eSports that is is starting to um, rival um, kind of regular sports in terms of selling out venues the, the whole thing has changed and it's just um, yeah it, it's it's there's just such a, a big future for it that I think that in another five years, you know, we'll be probably laughing that we're even discussing this.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, my experience with people that uh, don't take it seriously, and when I when I say this, I also to say about like banks that have no idea what we do. You know, <laughs> like you do video games, and your bank looks at it at you like what? Oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, the thing is that we have figures, we have numbers, we have uh, uh, we have a way to show what the industry is. Um, and I mean, obviously, in like when we're dealing with things in person, be it with uh, other people and telling what we do, it's one thing, but on a more like institutional level, we have, of course, ideas doing a lot of this type of work. Uh, with the institutions to make them understand uh, the, the scope of the industry and the, the possibilities and, and obviously this, I mean, bringing them figures has, has led to some results so hopefully it uh, it will change it at some point, it will also I mean, get um, it will be more visible to, to everyone basically, so also maybe also people have sort of You know, some people still think it's uh, games are for children. A lot of people still think that, and it's extremely weird considering that. I mean, the the games that sell more are not exactly games for children. Uh, So it's, uh, but I think it is uh, on one side a more institutional thing, and we can work on that with the numbers, and then the more cultural side that will sort of. Will, will happen and will change by itself because it will be visible by everyone and accepted.
1: It. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned banks because um, that's that is a- an absolutely pertinent conversation to the business of video games is is having your banker on side with you, and uh, yeah, I would say that twenty five years ago. a a video game company could barely open a bank account in Canada but now I can tell you if you're if you're making video games in Canada all of the the national banks have media specialty departments, and you literally do not have to explain your business model to them. They will probably know as much about your business as you do, which is it's it's pretty awesome. And I think that shows a, a little bit of a, a maturity of our ecosystem as well. So we don't have those problems at all anymore.
0: Oh well, that's great. I mean, we still have to, to 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 teach our accountant uh, what we do every year, basically. <laughs> yes. and obviously it's a bit um, yeah I mean there's certain things which are uh, very specific of our own industry that can be uh, a bit challenging for people who are not part of it so it's uh, complicated and there's another question from uh, Diego uh, in the chat for Nilou how do you go on and systematically assess gaps and opportunities for the video game and other industries do you have a standard methodology like monitoring employment and other type of data or running surveys focus groups with relevant target audiences yeah
2: it's a, a good question i mean um there's definitely uh lots of work that um agencies such, such as statistics canada do on um labor market assessments but um such as yourself there's associations as well canadian associations that represent gaming industry or particular like top talent i mean sorry top tech companies um that uh, are continuously serving their members and communicating their needs to the federal and provincial governments um you know that's a it's a really, It's a really hard um, nut to crack, Um, you know, I've had the experience of working in government myself uh, and so when I, you know, taking my own personal experience, I really heavily depended on expert advice um, from, from the industry itself, but in collaboration with our universities and colleges. Um, I'm not sure about how universities and colleges are are set up in Italy, but in Canada, they are public bodies essentially. Um, so universities are funded all by provincial governments, which means that they're quite integrated into um, the planning of government. Um, you know, so we are we are quite aware of some of the needs and and uh, try to be pretty in tuned about about trends around the world. Um, you know, I think that that sort of thinking has pushed our STEM graduates to over 3 million. Um, so like, and like I mentioned before, uh, it's obvious that the gaming industry has become a, a, a growth industry for Canada. So the universities are reflecting that by creating programs. Uh, and it's not just at the university level, it even goes deeper to our elementary and high school level. Uh, courses that you know are being shifted towards more stem uh, focused or um, basically getting our talent and our labor force prepared uh, to be entering new industries. Um, so you know I hope I hope that answered the question, but we are uh, we continuously rely on on good information that's coming from the sector itself to be able to meet the needs of business. Thank
0: you. Um, so I would just suggest the audience that if they have questions now, it's a good time to ask them because we still have ten minutes. And then, so if they have questions, shoot them now. Uh, or we may not be able to to answer them. Um, a question that I have, which is for both of you, is I mean considering. Obviously, there's um, what we said about talent and also risking of getting talent taken away, and so on. Um, we're seeing the, the rise basically in our industry, obviously of the Chinese market, and uh, but also of the Chinese industry that's getting a bit more open towards the West and reaching the West with uh, with their games which now take more, uh, I mean, to get more interesting also for Western audiences. So um, what, what's your view on how this will impact the industry um, on a world level, but also for what pertains Canada? So if uh, it's going to impact, I don't know, people studying in Canada and deciding to, to go to work in China, maybe, I don't know. Uh, or uh, being able to attract Chinese talent, uh, if there is any. If there, I mean, there's there's already like that's already coming. If you think it will increase, and uh, what it could mean in general for for your industry,
1: uh, I can give you my impression. Um, just to start, um, China. I, I think if if you're if you're a video game developer, you should um, absolutely be. Uh, eyeing the Chinese market, um, I think China is is going to, is and is going to continue to experience the highest levels of, of growth um, for their, their user base. Uh, they like video games, they're engaged, um, they have particular tastes that uh, are not 100% aligned with uh, Western tastes for video games, so making your game more global in considering how it may um, how it may uh sell in china is is a consideration but uh um it's 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 a a huge market uh the other thing is that it it is um does take a little bit uh to get into that market because uh china is uh a a bit of a closed system and uh you need to partner with um uh, with a company to uh get your game released into the chinese market so uh i think that uh you know, through normal industry events such as uh, you know GDC or or some of the other conferences, uh, if you're starting to make um, you know a great game that may have global appeal, it's not that difficult to get connected to um, to um, uh, someone in China who can introduce you to uh, to a, a Chinese publisher. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think for uh, as a game developer, it's, it's, it's extremely exciting to see that our uh, market uh, opening up and that's where the growth is going to be.
2: I can give you, I mean, my, my opinion on Canada-China relationship. I mean, right now, diplomatically, we're in a very uh, not a good place. I'm sure everybody knows about the issues that are happening here, uh, about you know the the Huawei ex- executive and the two Michaels that China has uh, in detention. So it's strained our relationship a lot uh, between Canada and China. Um, but you know there is that that <laughs> the other side of the of China, right? Like the Hong Kong and Taiwan, um, and I think it's really interesting to keep an eye on that relationship. Um, Hong Kong has. The highest uh, number of Canadian expats around the world live in Hong Kong, so there's there's lots of um, relationships there. But I think uh, it's something that to be watched on how this current diplomatic crisis uh, is going to turn out, and and then we can assess how the relationship between our two countries are going to be. Yeah, um, I
0: understand. I mean, with. The relationships and relations with with China, I mean, they're they're, they're a bit fluctuating, obviously. I mean, also with the European Union currently has issues, obviously, with what's happened with Xinjiang. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously that that has an impact, but if uh, the market is going to move somehow anyway, so it's definitely something that we need to to, to keep in mind and uh, and to see where it goes, it's going to be difficult. I mean, it's, it's not easy to, to, to foresee, obviously, but, uh, and it's it's definitely useful also to have your, your point of view on these things. So very last question for both of you. Um, if there's not other questions, let me check, because maybe now a lot of questions arrive. No, so my last question for you guys is basically, um, what suggestions you would have for uh, for us, for Italian developers and the Italian ecosystem in general. So whether it for either either to to gaming companies or uh, people that would like to work in games, and in general towards us as a growing network of developers here, considering what you've been through in in Canada. So any suggestions and things that you would uh, would like to tell us to. Uh, watch out for or suggestion of how, how we could could move forward
1: yeah I would say that my advice um, would be um, people that I meet um, they make um, they make video games because uh, because they love it um, it's it's perhaps a little bit like, you know, the music industry, it's like people like to sing, they like to, to make music but um, and then there's a, a few, you know, rock stars or whatever that become superstars and, and they make a lot of money, but uh, I, I would say that now the good thing is that there are business models there. Um, don't do it because you want to get rich, but do. make video games because you you want because you love it, um, and 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 you love the creativity and the, and the freedom and uh, the way to express yourselves. It's it's a great job for that, uh, and surround yourself with other people like you who want to do the same. And I think that there's um, the way the industry has now matured is that there is a way to make a, a, a very good living. Um, doing that. Although you have to have a bit of a spine to take some of the risks, especially if you're doing it from an entrepreneurial perspective. But uh, yeah, do it for the passion.
2: Uh, Nilu, what about you? So again, my my perspective is from from promoting Canada as a destination for investment, right? So I leave you with uh, you know um, I'm sure you can share my contacts, and uh, if you are interested in Canada, you're interested to learn more about areas of collaboration. Um, like I mentioned, our member organizations have on the on the ground connections and expertise that they that you that you need. Um, and we're happy to make those connections and uh, help you uh, grow and expand your business. Uh, you know, Canada is a very welcoming country. Like I said, we have excellent, aggressive immigration policies uh, and uh, very dynamic. I am speaking to you from Toronto, and uh, it's a very dynamic and uh, large Italian community here. Um, so, yeah, I grew up with, with Italians basically as as my friends and uh, Italians and Koreans at the time but uh, we're a very diverse, cultural, welcoming country and uh, like Mike was, uh, has excellently highlighted the strengths that we have in our uh, digital gaming industry.
0: Thank you. I think it, it's definitely interesting also for us. I mean an idea already does um certain things like this, but it could be maybe interesting in the future, um, obviously to foster connections and maybe, you know, when finally we'll be able to to travel again, Uh, maybe being able to visit, uh, I mean, with uh, Italian companies, maybe coming over to see how you work and possibly start building relationships or see if some of the companies here uh, could do something there. You know, it's a uh, it's a type of thing that uh, would benefit everyone, I think, and it's uh, it's definitely interesting for us to to be able to see those realities and uh, and see where where it leads.
1: We'd be happy to do that.
0: And if you come over to Italy, I mean, there's Italian studio that uh, that would like to meet you and show what we do. So you
1: know.
2: I mean, we were. Supp- I was supposed to come with my group of delegation to Milan uh, in March of this year, but unfortunately, we haven't been able to make that trip. So I very much look forward to the days that where we can travel again and come visit your beautiful country.
0: Thank you. So well, we'll uh, we'll we'll see when we can finally do it. So hopefully soon. Uh, okay. So if there's no other questions. Uh, well, um, I think we can wrap here. And actually, Nilu, you said that maybe you have, in case, uh, material that you would like or could share, like slides and so on, or a brochure or something like that. If you want to share it with us, we can then uh, share it with the um, members of the association and all the people that would like to to have access to it or uh, I mean, the, 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 the talk will be online on Anchor, and we can definitely, in case, add additional information and for uh, people that would like to follow up and maybe have more information about, um, about Consider Canada and on what to do.
2: Sure, we're happy to send you a, a couple of brochures about the industry and, and about my organization and how we can help you.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Then, well, since there's no more questions, uh, I think we're done. Uh, so thank you again for, for joining us, for being so, so kind to, to be here and bring us your experience and uh, your suggestions for us. And um, it's, I think it's been really, really useful, it can give a, a good food for thought for uh, either the people working in the industry that are here today or people that would like to join the industry and are interested in it and uh, uh, definitely it's uh, something that I would like to know more in the future. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to meet in person at some point.